The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is... Jamie D and Big Newt. Glad to have you back with us. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. And we come at you every single damn week to talk to you about the Buffalo Bills, to bring you the takes that you you know and love and want to hear. And after that 41 to 15 beat down that the Buffalo Bills suffered at home at the hand of the Colts, I have a simple question for you, Big Newt. What the hell was that? Hey, man, once again, not to beat a dead horse, we talked about this in the summertime, man. How would people getting vaccinated affect this team? And what I got out of this game is, can we win without Spencer Brown and Starla Tulele? Doesn't look like it. Now, granted, we, we didn't have the middle of our defense, man. We didn't have Star. We didn't have uh, Tremaine Edmonds. He out with a hamstring, but he practiced today, so hopefully he'll be ready for Thursday. I get it. We're missing yeah. the middle of our defense. But, man, I and you know what? The, I, I hate to just get off on the tennis. It's just so frustrating. Okay, you got Jacksonville. Then you got this within three weeks. Are we just a team that could beat Scrubs? I mean, we beat one team that's a decent team, and that's Kansas City. Everybody else has been Scrubs. The schedule behind us has been the weakest out of everybody in the league. All 32 teams, we had the weakest schedule, and we've, we're 6-4. and four. Now it's going to get tougher. So what are we? We're going to find out real soon. But – we, we were going to say whoever going to win the Super Bowl is going to be the team that can navigate through injuries and COVID. And obviously, right now, we can't do that. That appears to be the case. And I asked you this question last week. I will ask you again. Is it time to panic? I know you want me to give a hot take so everybody can beat me up on Twitter, man. I, no, I'm no, pissed. it's not where I'm going. And by the way, <laughs> I just got to say, you sound like you're in a terrible mood. I'm I'm upset because I got to deal with this stuff, man. Like, all my friends come. And once again, man, I lived in New Orleans. This, we played the Saints this week. So all of them are calling and talking trash to me. Oh, big nude. I thought y'all was going to win the Super Bowl. I thought y'all look like this. And so I got to deal with this. And so it's kind of like, 
you know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess it shouldn't be this serious, but it is <laughs> in my life. I mean, I don't know how to, it's. I, I'm not necessarily mad because I understand football, but it's the stuff I got to deal with because it is. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that sounds crazy or not, but it's the fact that I got to deal with these phone calls and everything I said and Josh Allen this, and it's it's just like I got to do it. I feel like they don't have to deal with it because they're rich. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so that's what pisses me off because I've been around NFL players, and trust me, and I can't say it, over this last year we had this path, I've said this, I've been around these dudes. They, I promise you, we care more than they care. Why? Because it's their job. You uh-huh. see what I'm saying? Like, I I used to manage Walgreens back in the day, right? Those old people that used to be waiting outside at 8 in the morning for those ads on Sunday morning, I'm managing the Walgreens. I could care less about the ad. Those people, that was their life. You see what I'm saying? So they be like, oh, where's the soap that's on sale? Two, four dollar worth. I'm like, lady, please. I just woke up. I went partying all last night. Like, give me a chance to get it out. They up there. That makes their whole week. So I've been around. The, like, when they lose, they still go out. And they have a four or five cars and they five or six women and they having fun. Trust me, we care more than them on the most part. I'm not saying everybody, but for the most part, we care more than them. So excuse my tangent. It's just the fact that, dude, you go out and get obliterated by average Indianapolis Colts team. And everything's about matchups. I get it. Every week's different. But come on, man. We This is set up for us to win. So to anyway, to answer your question, no, because I understand that we could go on a run at any time and still go on a Super Bowl run. It's just the fact that we shouldn't be having to deal with Jacksonville loss and we shouldn't have to deal with a coach loss and we damn well shouldn't have to deal with a Saints loss on Thanksgiving where they missing like six of their starters on offense. Come mm-hmm. on now. So I have some advice for you. Okay. I think you need to pick your friends more wisely. Because me, for example, I was on the phone with somebody right up until kickoff, and he said, "Hey, where are you right now?" When he heard uh, when he heard the audience around me and stuff, I said, "Oh, uh, I'm I, I'm watching the Bills game." And he said, "Oh, sports ball. Well, I don't want you to miss tip off, so uh, watch your game, and I hope they score a lot of goals." Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> So do you think that guy's giving me a hard time about a Bills loss? No chance. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have I know people that are rich, but I also have friends in low places too. So that's the whole, you know, downside of it. <laughs> there is a great article in The Athletic right now written by Shile Kapadia. Hope I hope I pronounced that correctly. It's entitled Panic Time for the Bills? Nope. Here's why you should probably still believe a week 11 reality check. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I am going to read sections of this. Okay. Because this is very, very clear about where the bills are and what has happened to them this year. So he presents the question to himself. Okay. Smart guy. Why are the bills six and four? He said, this is where we have to guard against recency bias. Sunday was awful. The Bills got thoroughly dominated, but that was very much the exception. Their other three losses were all one-possession games. 
None of their six wins were decided by one possession. They all involved a margin of victory of at least 15 points. Last year, the Bills were 4-1 and one in games decided by seven points or fewer. This year, they're 0-3. If that 0-3 were 1-2, we'd be looking at a 7-3 team. If, we, if it were 2-1, the Bills are probably being touted as a better version of last year's squad and Super, Bowls, and Super Bowl favorites. But the point is that there's a certain degree of randomness to football games. Questionable penalty calls, fumble luck, fluky turnovers, those things often make the difference in one possession games, and they often even out. Generally speaking, producing blowout wins and close losses is indicative of a pretty good football team. Unpack that. Man, that dude just trying to sell copies of The Athletic, man. Damn all that. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, that's a positive way to look at it. But, I mean, if you go back and look at our – look at our wins, dude. Let's just uh, – and, and we usually we do, like, the quarter season, half the season. We missed that. So, now we're 10 games in. We got seven uh, games to go. We routed the Dolphins after losing to the Steelers. Okay, mm-hmm. Dolphins is even though Dolphins are coming on now, the Dolphins are coming on. All right, we beat Washington, who's in contention for the playoffs. We thoroughly throttled them. We routed the Texans mm-hmm. without TT. The quality win is the Chiefs. But we yes. know that the Chiefs wasn't playing well at that time. They're playing no, they are better now. now. Huh? Yeah. I would not want to play them right now. I don't want to play them right now, but we routed them four, five, well, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six weeks ago. But they're better now. Mm-hmm. We lost a close one to the Titans, which we can live with. We robbed the Dolphins again, a stinker against the Jaguars. We stopped the Jets, who are terrible. And then we just got mopped by an average team. A straight-up monkey stomp. Monkey stomp by average team. And let's, I mean, let's talk about the game. We couldn't stop the run, right? Nope. So now I feel like I look at this game. I'm sitting there watching the game, and I don't know when you watch it, when you at the bar. It's like I always think about what we're going to say on the podcast, how we're going to talk about this game. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I wish we could record on Sunday nights because you would get a much different person on Sunday than a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon, okay? Yeah. But but because at the Tuesday, it's kind of like, okay, you're not as mad. You let it settle in. And you hear everybody takes or whatnot, where Sunday afternoon, it would be raw emotion. It probably would be cussing on her and a little t- uh, Tito's to match it too. <laughs> but – why can't we stop? And, and Jonathan Taylor is a wonderful, wonderful running back. He, when you saw the statistics during the game, he's up there with some all-time greats at the beginning of his career, mm-hmm. right? And so there's no shame in that. But why are we running nickel the whole game? Why you don't bring in another like go three linebackers? We got linebacker depth instead of bringing in nickels. Uh, Teron Johnson. I just it's it's things that we could have did that had that all compiles it. I'm mad at our coaching. I'm mad at Josh Allen. I'm not as mad as our defensive personnel because we're the number one defense. And I told you, we're gonna have probably two more stickers before this year's up for the defense. 
if you look at it, the defense, this was their only stinker. You're a good defense still going to have two or three stinkers. Mm-hmm. All right? We talked about that during the summer. Think about it. The games we lost, Jaguars 9-6. to six. You almost pushed a shutout. All right? Uh, the Steelers, you hold them to 23 points. If Josh Allen scored 30, we win that game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Titans game, we gave up 34 points. Right? So the defense that had two stinkers, we're probably going to have two more. But they're still the number one defense in the league. A lot of people will take a swift kick to the grown ass to have the number one defense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I can't really blame the defense. All right? So, but I can't blame coaching. There's some coaching flaws in there. Please, for the love of God, we need to switch our running back because, I mean. Breeders earned it. Breeders has earned it. I know you always say, Newt, you always want the backup guys to get in. People calling in talking about, where's Christian Wade? You know, I get <laughs> it, but this dude has shown it. And what do yep. you got to lose? But the frustrating thing part, and, and people, this, and I was thinking about what kind of taste can I bring to this show that you never heard. Trust me. I've been in these rooms. I've heard these people talk. A lot of times when you see people playing that shouldn't be playing, it's because of their high draft status. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. And I like Zach Moss. He cool and all. Besides blocking, there's no reason why Breeders shouldn't be on the field. And, and if it's blocking, you need to figure out a scheme. Because he's shown at this point right now, he's far and away better than Singletary and, and Zach Moss at this point, running the football. Breeder, yes. Yeah. He, he's far and away better than Singletary and Moss, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that you can have a great balance between Singletary and Breeder going forward. It just it looks like... It looks like Moss is not running with a lot of confidence, and he's he's definitely isn't showing great vision right now. So I'm with you on that. I I would go as far as even deactivating Moss if he's not a special teams contributor, and it sounds like he's not. Mm-hmm. But I want to. There's a couple of things I want to address here. That right. game, it was terrible, and you you brought up putting more linebackers on the field. But was the second level of play really the issue, or was it the line of scrimmage? Because what it looked like to me is this defense had a very difficult time stopping the run in 2020. This was the first time all season that the Bills had a really difficult time stopping the run in 2021. What was the similarity between the two? The star. Star star didn't play. Star didn't play. He apparently makes that big of a difference to this defense. So that kind of burns your toast more than a little bit because it seems to be, now they say maybe Star has a heart condition and can't get the COVID vaccine. Maybe that's true. But it seems to me like the lack of COVID vaccinations leaves you with the possibility of missing players in important games. And I know that we're not going to go the the COVID route because vaccinated people do get COVID. That's a fact. However, at the beginning of the year, you were saying, look at Tampa defending their title and look at the Bills who have one of the lowest rates in the league right now. You were saying 
this bothers you because it means that players are putting other things ahead of the team. And as a fan, you don't like that. Exactly. And like I said, if you're not going to care, then we can't care. We can't care as much. So I can't be fully invested. How can I possibly be fully invested when you're not fully invested? How? How can I? It's like with my daughter. My daughter is in school. She got contact tracing. Contact tracing. One of her teammates had COVID. She's vaccinated. She, as long as she don't have uh, symptoms, she could go to school. But if she was not vaccinated, they would have sent her home for contact tracing. Her mm-hmm. season starts next week. She gave it up. She's like, no, I want to play basketball. And she's a freaking freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing when you get paid millions of dollars and you're in a Super Bowl window? Now, I don't understand. Now, if, if that's true, I haven't read that. If that's true, that Stark can't get it because of heart conditions and all that, hey, man, so be it. Mm-hmm. So be it. That, that's fine. But we have to figure this out. And once again, and, and, and I'm going to beat up on it, Josh Allen, you're going to be making 40 freaking million dollars. You're going to have to play like it. Mm-hmm. If, if, to me, all, everybody got whooped. It can't be, oh, it's because of the defense. No. If we would have lost 40-something, if we would have lost 42 to 40, then I'll exclude Josh Allen from it. But they have one of the worst secondaries in the uh, league. We should have took advantage of it. If the Bills had 30 minutes time of possession, you can damn well bet that that score would have been a lot closer. Yeah. And so you can't blame it on the offensive line because that's the low-hanging fruit. Right. Oh, it's because of Cody Floor. And I, but no, because according to Pro Football Focus, Ike Bunger was the highest-grade Bill on the team with 83.2 grade. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right now. Go to pro, uh, pro Football Focus Buffalo Bills. The top five uh, graded players was him, Boogie Basham, Matt Breida, Jerry Hughes, and Daryl Williams. Mm-hmm. So the offer, and, and I and I kind of figured that, but I was like, no, I need stats because I know you bust my chops with the stats. <laughs> I was like, hold on, let me find some because I watched the game on my couch on my new 70-inch TV that I love. Ooh. That we got Black Friday sale, okay? Shameless plug. It's beautiful, man. You Wait till you come over and see it. Oh, my God, it's wonderful. All right. So I'm watching the game, and I'm like, man, the offensive line didn't play bad. Josh Allen Allen wasn't under duress against the Colts. He only took one sack. So you can't blame it on offensive line. So I'm I'm struggling to try to connect a a couple of things here that – that I, I do wanna I do wanna say. One of which is I want to give the reasons for the Bills change in play as Shile Capeta brought up in his article, but I also have a hot take on what could be ailing the Bills right now and it relates to COVID. So where do you want me to go first with this? Hey man, go left. It don't matter. All right. <laughs> so here's my hot take. Sean McDermott was quoted in his press conference. He said, we've got to get that run defense fixed. There's a formula to win, and there's a formula on the other end of it too. And when you're giving up, we're getting beat at the point of attack. Obviously, I've got to do a better job there. 
when you're giving up. Do you remember the previous couple of years when all they talked about was the camaraderie and the brotherhood that the Buffalo Bills had? Yep. This year, you're not hearing about that. This year, Deion Dawkins is no longer a captain, and he was one of the ones who was the most outspoken about what a, a close-knit group that they were, constantly talking about it before. He's quieter this year. He's no longer a captain. That was either taken away from him or voted a, away from him. We had players in the offseason arguing with each other on social media. Buffalo Bills, there there was a conversation between uh, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley about the COVID vaccination. I think there's a riff in this locker room. And it's showing up in very interesting ways. But it seems like it goes back to the game against Jacksonville where Shaquille Griffin said they didn't want to be there. They, you could tell that they weren't there to win the game. You saw them. I don't want to say that they were playing without effort, but they looked kind of lifeless. They're making dumb, dumb mistakes this year. The the penalty harm that they're inflicting upon themselves with personal fouls, things like that. It's just general stupid plays, um, nonchalance when it comes to being on the field. Sean McDermott may have lost this locker room. This may be a team that ended up dividing itself over that COVID debate that you brought in. There may be players on the team that are saying, we're trying to win. This is our window. Get vaccinated. You have other players saying, hey, this is my personal choice. Don't tell me what I need to do. I can take care of myself. And there may be a couple of different factions in that locker room, and they are not the the team with the unbelievable chemistry that they had been previously, and it's affecting them on the field. That is interesting, brother. I you never think? thought I never thought about it like that. But now that you look at different things, man, think about the game. Look at Josh Allen the last couple of weeks. He's starting to, you know, lose his, you know, lose his stuff a little bit on the sideline. He yelling mm-hmm. and throwing his helmet. He was visibly upset when was the fourth and five play. Um yeah. and we decided to go for a field goal. We was down what? 17, 20 points at that point. It's mm-hmm. like, why not go for it? So that it was like, a terrible coaching decision, by the way. Right. But I just thought about it like this just shows to me that McDermott really doesn't have faith in his franchise quarterback. But it could be something deeper. Maybe Here's we're not the other all on thing. the same page. Let's let's throw the Josh Allen contract on top of it. Now you have your best player on the team pressing, trying to prove to everybody he deserves that record-setting contract. Right. So he's feeling pressure, and that's forcing him to make bad decisions. He's so afraid of making a mistake, he's staring down his receivers. Staring them down. Right. This is a team that has a very different dynamic than in the past, and if you throw in the fact that they are Also, a team that is favored, which is a position that in some fans' lifetimes has never existed. We're looking at a team that isn't getting along, that is feeling pressure that they've never felt before, and McDermott has not pulled it together. 
I, I definitely can see that, man. Little things that we've been seeing, I, I can see that point of view, bro. So tell me, and it's probably different depending on different levels of of football, you know, high school to college to to pros. But what does what does a good locker room atmosphere mean to a team? And and how can that be thrown off kilter? And what effect does a bad locker room culture have on on a bunch? Hey man, that's a that's a great question, man. If you watch the last dance with Michael Jordan documentary about the Bulls, mm-hmm. they all wanted to win, and they they brought in uh, Dennis Rodman for that second three P. Right? They knew he was different, so they treated him different. But he always came to play. Phil Jackson. I don't know if Phil Jackson is the best coach all time, but he was probably the best leader of people. And so now you have to manage these, you have to manage all these uh, personalities and get everybody on the same page, right? People always say, you don't have to like me, but you're going to respect me. And so if you're going to respect somebody who comes to work every day, who's all about winning, then I don't have to like you. We don't have to hang out. We don't have to be friends. Everybody has to be pulling in the same direction. Once again, going back to the COVID thing, and this is important, but I knew this. I knew this during the summer. The way that it seemed like we were so verbally conflicted and divided with COVID, I knew that this was going to set us back. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I was with my boy that played for the Saints, Joe Johnson, over the summer in Atlanta. And I was like, are you vaccinated? I, I said this, but I'm, I'm bringing this story back up again because it's relevant to our team now. i like, Joe, are you, are you vaccinated? And he was like, no, I'm not getting the vaccination. And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, everybody, all right. And I was like, well, Joe, if you were still playing and you had a chance to win a Super Bowl, would you have got vaccinated? And he said yes. And so, Mm -hmm. but I knew that, though, because I know him. I've known him since junior high. I know what kind of guy he is. He's about winning. He's about sacrificing, right? Everybody isn't like that. <laughs> Everybody don't want to win. A lot of people are in the league. I, man, I'm not going to call names, man. I'm not going to do that because I don't get paid enough to do this. But <laughs> I promise you, man, I've been around dudes that they don't care. They will tell you, man, I play because I'm good and I can make a lot of money. I'm making more money than I will ever make working a nine to five. I'm getting paid because I'm big, and this is not just NFL, so don't think, oh, he just talked about guys for the New Orleans Saints because I have a friend that played many years in the NBA, and he, oh, I've known this guy since high school, and he only played basketball because he was 16. Hmm. And once he earned enough money, he still had a chance to play. They wanted him to still come and play, and he walked away from me like, no, I got enough money. I'm done because he didn't love the game. Mm -hmm. So please don't think – that, oh, these guys, oh, they got a chance. They know more than you all, and they love the game. No, they don't. A lot of them don't. And that goes to GMs and coaches, too. Let's talk about that. You ain't got to be – you don't have to go to college or have a degree to be a GM. You just a no. guy that worked your way up the totem pole and got opportunity. Mm-hmm. I've been around some of these guys, man, and I'm going to tell you, I feel like you know more football than they do. <laughs> mm. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to stroke you. I'm being honest. 
I've been around some of these people like these people aren't that bright. I'm no Bruce Nolan. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, way out of my depth. <laughs> way he analyzes things. And I'm not saying that if you're an uh, analytics guy, that would make you a good GM because that's only part of it. Some of it you got to have, you got to uh, cut your chops in uh, scouting. Some of it is gut feel. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Some of it is a gut feel. Like, we we always go back to your boy, uh, Whaley. Uh, Doug Whaley. Doug Whaley, yeah. I don't know why you draft E.J. Manuel. No, was that? That wasn't Doug Whaley. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, technically uh, the uh, old guy there. Uh, uh, Buddy Nix. Nix. That was Nix. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why you do that. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm that's rambling on. But going back to what I'm saying is just because you're in these situations, people think they're above reproach. Because they make a lot of money, because they're the ones making the decisions. Man, trust me, no. No, I've been around it. I've seen enough of it. That's not true. All right? But going back to the locker room, man, like this weekend, real quick. I know you don't like me talking about the family, but this is this has something to do with it. I love you talking about the family. Jalen playing this all-star game this weekend. Undefeated season, right? Um, we had an all-star game this weekend for his league, right? The Metro uh, Youth League. So now you bringing around coaches, all the coaches we've been whooping all year, now we got to make a team to beat the uh, West team, right? And I knew it was going to be a pissing contest. We're coming in there like, look, we beat all of y'all, run our stuff, play our players, hop along for a ride, we're going to win. But Aaron Brooks, I told you, we played Aaron Brooks with Glenn Allen. Used to play mm-hmm. for the New Orleans State, played with the University of Virginia. He comes in like, man, basically – Hey, I play in the NFL. I know more football than y'all. So we had little tits for tap during uh, the All-Star game with it. We wind up winning 36-6. to six. Everybody's happy. But if it would have been close and non-dominant, we probably wouldn't have been on that sideline fighting. Hmm. It was a pissing yeah. contest, which I knew it was going to be. But everybody got on board. We pulled together, and we were able to win because we all want to win. And this is, We're talking about 12U football. Everybody mm-hmm. has to be on board to try to win. Everybody got to be pulling in the same direction. And I and now that you bring up that wonderful tape, man, I don't know if we're all pu- – that's one thing I can say. I'm not going to – we could turn this season around. It, Super sure. Bowl teams go through a drought during the season. I'm not worried about that. I'm not going to come over here, oh, it's over, oh, it's time to worry. Obviously, you're going to worry because we look like you're only as good as your last game. But I can see us coming out and beating the Saints this weekend. If we do the right things. Hey, Matt, I want to the- point out, let, I, and I always go back to this. Tampa Bay, last year, 7-5, and five, got absolutely destroyed by the Saints. And then yeah. what happened? Yeah. They got hot. They got hot it's at possible. the right time. And, and, and once we bring back all our guys, we probably will get hot and go on a roll. The schedule is still set up for us. It's still advantageous for us. The only X factor is the fact that we didn't think that New England would be this good. New England, New England is, good. is a problem. New England's good. Y'all can hate on Tom Brady. I hate them, all that, whatever. New England's good. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's still set up for us to win this. Right now we're a half a game, we're a half a game behind them because they haven't had their bye week yet. I'm gonna go way back in time and tell you what this reminds me of. You weren't a Bills fan yet. 1988 was the first time the Bills won the division, I think, ever. 
And they ended up going 12 and four. If they had won one of their last four games, they would have had home field advantage through the playoffs, probably would have had the uh, the privilege of losing to the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Instead, that was Cincinnati. But they went 12 and four. The next year, the expectations were super high for the Bills. Super Bowl expectations from everybody in the media. But then you ended up with a team that didn't quite understand how to handle the success. You ended up with the quote unquote bickering Bills, where Jim Kelly goes on TV after he gets injured, blames Howard Ballard. Thurman Thomas goes on TV and says Jim Kelly needs to shut up because he's creating problems. Bruce Smith was talking about how he was the best player and how he deserved the MVP because nobody who played on the defense was good enough to be playing with him. That was a team that looked like they hated hated each other. But the next season, what happened? Well, they began their Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. This team reminds me an awful lot of that 1989 team where they should be playing better than they are, but they are learning how to deal with success. And this may not be a season that, you know, one for the ages, because improvement and performance isn't linear. Teams take a step back for entire seasons all the time. Players do it individual games, teams do it individual games, but they also do it from season to season as well. It doesn't mean if they're not playing to their absolute t- to the absolute top of their abilities that it's that all is lost because they can turn it on. That goes back to McDermott. And that goes back to the players that are on the team and the players that they're going to keep around after this season too. You may not remember this, but after the 1989 season, the Bills released the veteran, the incredibly popular and team leader, Fred Smurlis. And they said that the reason they did that was they needed to break up some of the clicks in the locker room. Interesting, huh? That is. I wonder, that would be interesting to see how they address that in the offseason. And I yeah. guess it would be easy, man, when you look at the faults, it's like, and we're going to keep talking about this ad nauseum, address the offensive line in the offseason. That's something you could fix in one offseason. Right. Fix the offensive line. Because at first we would have said, oh, man, we need another starting corner. I don't know about that. Maybe Levi Wallace would be able to do it. Teron Johnson be the nickel. All right? Mm-hmm. We cannot I, – I don't care who's there on the board when we pick. Uh, um, in the draft, I don't. I don't want to see another D lineman. No, I don't no, care. They got to get there. something out of the guys they've got. Yeah, and so like, oh, we're gonna take the best guy. Available. Nah, damn that. This is gonna be an <laughs> off season where I want to see what we need. I don't care what you got to do to make it happen. Adjust what we need. It ain't best player available because we have needs. You see what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. want two second round running backs especially if they're not playing like second-round running backs, mm-hmm. okay? Address the offensive line. It's one of the most surest things in the draft. Unless you draft Cody Ford. <sighs> <laughs> he, Cody didn't do uh, – He's been okay the past couple games. He's all right. He played okay. 
The offensive line was not the story of this beatdown this past weekend. No, because once again, man, look look at what Breida did. Five carries, 50-some yards. You put in the right guy, and I've been saying this, you put in the right guy, (laughs) that makes the offensive line look better. But also they're changing their blocking scheme a little bit. I don't know if you noticed that. They're doing less zone blocking, more pull blocking, and – especially especially Mitch Morris is far more cut out for pull blocking. And you saw that on the sweeps, the way he was able to get downfield and block. That's where the Bills were looking successful. And Brita and Josh Allen both had big runs on outside, outside runs like that. And when you can run on the outside, it sets up the play action pass. Which we need Josh Allen to do. Yep. That's, what he, that's his bread and butter all the way back from college. Play after pass. So at this point last year, the Bills were only one win better than the Bills are this year. They were seven and three after 10 games. They're six and four this year. They don't look quite the same, though. No, and plus our schedule, I feel like our schedule was tougher. Yeah. Than this year. Our schedule's been easy, but it's gonna get tougher soon. <laughs> there, there's something that I, something else that I told you I needed to address, and it comes from the same article from The Athletic that I was talking to you about. And there's a variety of things that, uh, there's a variety of things that he touched on in this article that were fantastic, trying to go through the things that could be wrong with the Bills. Um, you know, like offensive line. And actually, the offensive line statistically, and by the way, he uses all efficiency scores, and it's it's very wonky. Um, but apparently, uh, the Bills' overall pass protection has not been a problem. They actually have a lower pressure rate than they did last year by 3%. So not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Allen's sack rate is lower than last year. They're actually saying, well, teams have figured them out. They're playing the two deep zone. Well, Josh Allen is actually sixth in the league in efficiency against a two deep zone. So what is the big difference between last year and this year? Let me read this to you because this is very informative. The biggest factor, interceptions. Josh Allen has an interception rate of 2.1% which is up only slightly compared with last year's 1.7%. But his EPA, expected points added, is what that is. It's an efficiency Mm -hmm. statistic, Mm -hmm. can help tell us how costly those interceptions are. If it's 4th and 15, and a quarterback throws a 50-yard interception, or an interception 50 yards downfield, the old arm punt, punt, well, that's not a big deal. (laughs) But if the interception prevents the offense from potentially scoring or sets the opponent up for a score, well, that hurts. Allen ranks 29th out of 37 quarterbacks in EPA on interceptions. The Bills have already been hurt more in terms of EPA on interceptions through 10 games this year than they were through 16 games last year. It sounds stupid and obvious, but it but the truth is if Allen is just league average with interceptions the rest of the way, the offense will get a huge boost. Interesting, isn't it? And you think that's and you're saying cuz you think that's because he's pressing to try to prove that 
he's MVP worthy and worthy of this contract. That may be part of it. The staring down his receivers, I don't understand at all. But he doesn't look as free and easy and relaxed as he did last year to me. Yep. So how we we said it though, man. That was one of our keys in the summertime. How's he gonna handle being a man? I mean, and right now, I don't I I mean, and once again, we we still got seven games to go. I can see us going on a run, but right now, let's let's just say what we've seen right now, more than halfway through the season. Do you think he's handled it well? He hasn't been terrible. Um, in fact, he's been very statistically, he's been very similar to last year. The issue has been the big moments and in the big moments, he hasn't been as good as he was last year. And that's one thing I'm really looking forward to it on a positive note. That's what really I'm looking forward to 48 hours from now versus Mm -hmm. the Saints. And then almost two weeks from now, Monday night football against the Patriots. And then the week after that, at Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. You need to show up these games, bro. You need to show up. I, I, and once again, I we might lose, but I would feel a lot better if we lost and he plays well. They got to show up, unlike yeah. this past weekend. Right. I, I'm cool with losing. NFL, hey, man, you're going to win. You're going to win, lose. Okay, that's cool. But you can't look like poo and lose and getting paid that much money, man. Because if not, then you're, you're a part of the problem, too. We need better what? from everybody. And that's McDermott, too. We need better. Better. McDermott's got to pull the locker room together, and so does Josh Allen. Yeah. They got to figure it out. Or if not, and Jerry the Hughes. Same thing, yeah. Too many penalties, too many bonehead penalties. Even mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game, we were supposed to get off the field. It was a bonehead penalty. Like, like what was Mario Addison doing? What was he thinking? <laughs> like that was so long after the play, and then he goes low. Like, what in the world was that? Like, even if he got tripped. He could have gotten himself away from Carson Wentz. Right. Bonehead. Let's talk about Isaiah McKenzie getting bit by the turf monster again and fumbling. Bonehead. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk about, man, Andre Roberts. We never had to worry about that. Should have paid him. If we had should have kept him. (laughs) I mean, hindsight being 2020, they probably couldn't afford to pay him $4 million. Uh, but, you know, McKenzie is interesting. It's a live by the sword, die by the sword kind of guy because he's leading the NFL in kick return yardage, uh, average kick re- return yardage. But every time he fields the ball, I'm like, oh God, is he going to put it on the turf again? You scared. Well, yeah. Roberts, I never worry. I never blink. Never. I go get a soda. Go go get another Tito. Don't matter. Never thought about <laughs> it. Never thought about it. No. So what do they have to do this weekend? I'm sorry. Not this weekend. What do they have to do on Thanksgiving Day to get it right, man? It's a short week. You know that they're not happy. We have... 
we have to go out there. We have to play clean football. If we play clean football, then there's no reason why we shouldn't beat New, uh, New Orleans Saints. They don't have any of their players. Kamara's not playing. They, they're down. Josh Allen has to play like he's even in the MVP conversation. You can't lose the Trevor Simeon. No. Okay. I mean, so, and to tell you the truth, man, New Orleans Saints, they're they're defeated. They're defeated now. They know that they, I mean, they're one step away of packing it in. So you have to go out there and you have to play clean football and we play cleanly and Josh Allen shows up. The defense just keep giving me what you've been giving me. All right, bend but don't break. Then what's going on? Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. 